to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14. If you can turn, please, to Luke chapter 14, verse 1, as we make our way through the Word of God. Luke chapter 14, verse 1. The title of our message uh, this morning is Exposed. When we spend time in the Word of God, when we spend time in prayer with the Lord, when we spend time with the Lord, uh, He's going to expose our faults. He's going to expose our sin. And the reason why he exposes those things is because he wants to deliver us. He wants to take those things away. He wants to to make each one of us as believers more and more like him. He's transforming us. He's changing us from glory to greater glory. So he'll expose those things. He'll he'll show us, and not to condemn us. You know, many times I think what will happen is uh, the condemnation of the enemy will come in. Does, does that ever happen to you? You know, the, the Lord will show you something that's, that you're doing wrong and that's something that's not right in your life. And then the enemy will come in and bring condemnation. And then you'll just kind of be condemned. And you're like, why should I even go on any farther? You know, I'm just, a, and woe is me. And you've got your eyes on yourself. But the best thing to do is to put your eyes on Jesus and say, Lord, I see that. Yeah, you know, take that away from me. Remove this out of my life. So he'll expose those things. And in our chapter here, we're going to see Jesus is going to expose different, uh, different people. And he's going to you know, expose things, the faults and problems. And that's what he's going to do. So hopefully, the, you know, through that, we can receive instruction. So let's take a look at this wonderful story. Again, Luke 14, uh, picking up in verse 1. And it says, Now it happened as he, Jesus went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, that they watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus, answering, spoke to the lawyers and the Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent. And he took him and healed him and let him go. Then he, Jesus, answered them, saying, Which of you, having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit, will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath? And they could not answer him regarding these things. So he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, When you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you were invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invites you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Wow. Lots of stuff there. Jesus is eating a meal with the Pharisees. He's eating a meal with the, uh, this, he's at the house of this ruler of the Pharisees. So he's a, one of the head uh, Pharisees are there. Uh, it, where it says uh, to eat bread could also be translated to eat a meal. Could you imagine having a meal with Jesus? What about for Mother's Day? You know, Jesus come, you know, he's right there in the midst of you. Could you imagine that? Would you change anything in your house if Jesus was coming over? Maybe clean up, yeah. (laughs) 
Tidy up a little bit. Dinner with Jesus, having to dine with Jesus. Can you imagine that? That's what we're reading about. Jesus is dining with the people, the Pharisees, and those that were, you know, there at this house. Do you realize as believers, we're going to dine with Jesus up in heaven? The marriage supper of the Lamb, Revelation 19. We're going to dine with him. We're actually, we're going to be the bride. We're going to be, you know, the Bible says in Revelation 19, 7, let us be glad and rejoice and give glory for the marriage of the lamb has come. His wife has made herself ready. Guess who the wife is? That's us. We're the bride of Christ. And there's going to be a great feast in heaven and Jesus will be there in the midst of us. But we see here as he walked the earth, he's, he's dining with those that he created. He's dining with the Pharisees and the religious leaders. And did you notice it says there that they were watching him closely? They watched him closely. Now, you'd think that they were watching him closely because they were trying to, you know, to see what he was like so they can glean off of him because they were blessed he was there in the midst. But that's not why he was watching him closely. They were watching him closely to accuse him. And not only that, they set this man that had dropsy, this man that, was, that had this illness, and they, they brought him there as a plant that they could frame him. So there's a scheme going on. You know, you'd think that you know, if you're having Jesus over for dinner, it would be a great thing, but, but they're just they're trying to set Jesus up, and they, they have this man with dropsy just for, you know, so you know, dropsy was an illness that caused the body to just retain a you know, tremendous amount of fluids, and it was very uncomfortable. It was very painful to have this illness. So this poor man, was the Pharisees didn't care about this man. They didn't care at all. They, they brought this man that's in pain, that was probably having a hard time walking, having a hard time you know, moving, and he's got all this water retained. He probably looks terrible because his, you know, his face was disformed or disfigured. And, and here they could care less about what this guy thinks. He was there to be set up to try to trap Jesus. And they're watching Jesus closely, and this man is in all this pain, and they don't care. As a matter of fact, the Pharisees, it's pretty interesting, the Pharisees would have thought that because of this man's disease, that he had it because he committed some kind of a terrible sin. So, so not only that, they're just putting this man in the midst of them and having no care, no compassion, no mercy, and they're just, you know, they, they, they have this man there, and they, you know, they, they could care less about him. They're, they're using him for their purpose. They lacked sympathy. They lacked mercy. And as we look at the subject as exposed, you know, Jesus is exposing this by telling them, you know, don't you take care of your animals better than this? If you're, one of your animals on the Sabbath would fall into a pit, wouldn't you take care of your, immediately you would take your animal out of the pit. Any one of you with a pet you know, on the Sabbath, you're going to take care of your pets, your work animals. So he's exposing the fact that these guys are heartless. These guys, they, they say that they're, re, they're religious, but the, the, the truth is, is they're heartless. They don't care. They have no mercy for those in need. How about us? How do we respond with those that are hurting? How, how do we respond to those that are in true need? How do we respond to, to those that are unbelievers that don't yet know Jesus Christ? Are we loving? Are we merciful? Are we, are, do we have sympathy on those people? That's what we're supposed to do. And we see this great contrast. Jesus immediately heals him. They, check this out. They knew that Jesus could not help himself, that he was going to heal this man. They knew that. And that's our Jesus. 
And if we're close with Jesus, we care about those that are in need. When we're close with Jesus, we care about those that are hurting. When we're close with Jesus, we care about those people that need Jesus, that need help, that need a spiritual touch, don't we? We should. All of us should be going, yes. But sometimes we don't. I pray for mercy probably just about every morning. I say, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, I come before your throne of grace that I might obtain mercy, that I might find grace to help in time of need. Lord, I need mercy today. Mercy, have mercy on me. I always pray that. I don't always pray that for other people, though. Oh, Lord, be so merciful to them. Please have mercy on them. I might say something different than that. These guys lack mercy, but how about us? Mercy is part of God's character. Paul the Apostle said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Did you realize that? He's known as the Father of mercies. I don't know about you, but I like that, that he's the Father of mercies, don't you? When you say, Lord, have mercy on me, he says, yes, I'll be merciful to you. But we're to extend his mercy. This, these, these religious leaders, they were not in tune. They didn't have the heart of God because God is merciful. Uh, Matthew 5, 7, Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. In other words, I, I see the picture. of the, the more we're merciful, the more mercy God shows us. Amen? And I find that in my own life. He says, Lord, just be merciful. It's like, okay, Lord, be merciful. Okay, I'll be merciful. Be merciful. Okay, Lord, I'm merciful. Lord, help me. I can't be merciful anymore. (laughs) I need mercy, Lord. When we're merciful, we obtain mercy from God. We're called. That's his character. He's the God of all mercy. Someone once said, mercy imitates God and disappoints Satan. Mercy imitates God and disappoints Satan. It disappoints Satan because it's the right thing to do. God is merciful. Jesus told the religious leaders in Matthew 23, 23, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithes on the mints and, and cumin and all. And you, it says, you've, you've, but you've neglected the weightier matter of the law. He said, justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. He's saying, you guys, you, you're outwardly, you're so holy. You, you go and you make sure you count out your little herbs and you, you count out ten, and oh, one for God. Oh, ten more, oh, one for God. And you have all this outward stuff, but, but inside you're, you're not being merciful. Inside you're not being, you know, you're not being just. And, and you have to make sure both are taken care of. So the religious leaders, they lacked sympathy. They lacked mercy. But check this out. The the guests at the dinner, they lacked humility. Did you notice that? They lacked humility. So so Jesus told the parable back in verse 7. For those that were invited, he says, he noted those that uh, chose the best places in verse 7. But he told them that when you go to a wedding feast, don't, don't always have the best places. You know, you take, your, take a lower place and let someone else bring you to a higher place and, and be, be humble. He's exposing their lack of humility. We're called to be humble. Years ago, I did a counseling appointment. And the man, I sat down with this man and, and uh, right at the beginning, he looked at me and he says, uh, he looked me right in the eyes. He says, I... I'm probably the most humble man you've ever met. 
And I was going to do the same thing. I was getting ready to laugh. And I started to, you know, I was going to laugh. And he looked at me and goes, no, I'm very serious. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm probably the most humble person you've ever met. I think when you have to tell someone you're so humble, I think you just lost all humility right there. And Jesus is telling them, I, I saw you guys when you were, when you were walking in. I, it was funny, when, at our church dedication, we had uh, you know, Pastor Chuck Smith come and dedicate the church, Pastor Brian Broderson and, and uh, Jack Hibbs and Lisa were here, and Pastor Jack Hibbs. It was such a wonderful time, you know, but they had to do some assign. We don't like to assign seats, but they kind of assigned some seats because they were speaking. They wanted to make sure they had, you know, blah, 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 you know, so my wife was singing also, so I, I was introducing the guests, so we sat somewhere up front here, and it was funny because someone, they, they forgot to, someone on the list, one of the speakers, they somehow they messed up, so they came right up front and they whispered in my ear, they said, do you mind getting up, we, uh, uh, Jack Hibbs and Lisa don't have a place to sit. And I thought about this parable. You know, it's like, <laughs> and I said, no problem. You know, of course. You know, so they, you know, we let you know Jack and Lisa sit down. And it's like, of course. And I'm walking away, and I, and I was thinking about this parable because I'm thinking, you know, you know, don't choose the higher place. And I thought, ha, the enemy just trying to beat me up. Be like, oh, you choose. And I was like, I didn't even choose the seat. I could care less if I sit in the water over there. I don't care. But it was like a test, and the enemy was trying to beat me up with that verse. Go into a lower place, you know? It's like, no problem. It was a blessing, though. I think it was Danny or someone up here. They said, oh, Joe, sit over here. We got seats, and we sat down. It was, but it was funny. It was the test. But, but the truth is, we're to humble ourselves. When you, when you go to a party, when you go somewhere, Jesus is saying, you know, don't try to sit at the best place, and don't try to be noticed, and don't try to, you know, to be, you know, in that place of honor. Be humble. Let God exalt you. The tables during that time were, were like in a U shape, not, not like we have today. And there'd be pillows all around the table in this U-shape. And then, you know, the, the people would sit down on the floor. They'd, they'd actually lean on an elbow, and they would just kind of lean like this, and their, their, their feet would be behind them, and they would dip, and they would eat, and they would dip, and they would eat. And that's how they would just kind of lounge around the table, and, and that's how it was set up. Well, well the, the host was the, you know, was the prominent person there. So anyone to his right, the, the closest one to his right was, was a place of honor. So, so you can imagine, Jesus was saying, when I, when I went to this party, you know, I've seen all you guys trying to get the best place, the best place. And Jesus is, so he's exposing them, and he's looking. I could just see the picture. They're all sitting there. One's probably leaning right up against the host, like, hey, this is me. I'm with hosty here. And I love, what I love about Jesus is he just tells the truth, and he tells it like it is. And he's in the midst of this whole party. They're watching him closely, but guess what? He's watching them even closer. And he looks at them and says, you know, next time, I've seen all you guys trying to get the best place. Don't do that. When you go to a party, don't do that. I'll exalt you, God says. You humble yourself, and I'll exalt you. As Christians, we need to resist these ways of worrying about being popular, wanting others to notice us, self-promotion, selfish ambition, manipulating to get ahead. I'll tell you, before I knew Jesus Christ, that was what I would do in the corporate world. But it doesn't work in the Christian life. God says, you humble yourself, I'll raise you up. You humble yourself, I'll exalt you. Psalm 75.6 goes great with this. 
For exaltation or promotion comes neither from the east, nor the west, nor the, nor the south. But God is the judge, check this out, who puts down one and exalts another. So God's saying, you want a promotion, don't look to the west, don't look to the east, don't look to the south, don't look around to be promoted. You look to God, for God puts one down and God exalts another. Look to God, let him exalt you. Amen? Amen. I love Paul the Apostle. I think of Paul the Apostle's life when I talk about being humble. When Paul the Apostle began his ministry, he, he wrote to those in Corinth. He wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, he said that he was the least of the apostles. Well, check this out. As, as time went on, he wrote to those in Ephesus, to the church in Ephesus. And listen what he said. He says, I'm less than the least of all the saints. Check that out. And then towards the end of his life, he wrote to Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.15. He says, I am the chief of all sinners. And, and I believe that wasn't a false humility. I believe the more, you know, Paul the Apostle spent time with the Lord, the closer he came to the Lord, the more he realized how insignificant he was in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he realized that woe is me to call myself anything. I'm the least of the apostles. I'm the least of those sinners. I, I'm one of the worst sinners out there. I'm, I'm terrible compared to God in the light of the Lord. Amen? Paul the Apostle, or excuse me, the, the Apostle Peter said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. For you note-takers, I found this note, it's cute. Uh, Dwight L. Moody, the great Dwight L. Moody, he said, be humbled or you will stumble. Be humble or you will stumble. Let's go back in our story. Back in our story here, we're going to see the host was exposed. We're talking about, you know, being exposed. He's going to be exposed because he was only giving to receive something back. So he's going to be exposed. So check it out. Verse 12, if you can look back in your text. Then he, Jesus, also said to him who invited him, so the host, when you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, or your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you, are, and you be repaid. But when you give a feast... Invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because you cannot, because, excuse me, they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. I love this. Jesus is, it's like, again, you know, they're watching him intently, so he's like, boom, 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 boom. And he goes, the next one, he looks at the host, he says, you know what, I noticed something that I need to talk to you about, too. All you invited were people that can pay you back. Next time, invite people that can't pay you back. Don't do things to, to receive a reward. Do things out of love. Do things that are that's out of genuine love for others. As we walk with the Lord, as we're called to be servants of the Lord, you know, we have to be careful you know, to do things, not to receive things back in return. Just to do it because for love. And, and you know, to, to go out of your ministry and everything that we do shouldn't be motivated by, oh, what am I going to get out of this? What do I get out of this? That's, that's the world's mentality. What do I get out of this? What, you know, I used to say that, well, what, what do I get out of this? 
What's in it for me? And that's, that's the, 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 the selfish attitude we have, the, the, the human selfish uh, uh, tendencies we have. Is what is the, What's in it for me? But, but God's saying to this host, and he's saying to us, when you do things, don't do it to receive something back. Do it because you love me and you love people and you want to do it just to, you know, for no other reason, just out motivated by love. But did you notice that the reward's going to be in heaven? I wish we had, each one of us had that, that heart to, 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 you know, to invest in eternity. And there's no greater joy. When he, you know, there's no, because I think if we get a reward here, then we kind of lose the reward up in heaven. And even Jesus talks about that. You receive your reward. He says, well, there you go. You've got your reward. There you go. Go home. That's it. But how much better if we were to receive a reward that will last for all eternity, that will last forever and ever and ever and ever. And he's looking at this host and he's telling him, I see what you're doing. You're doing this to get something in, in return. But I want you to do things so you'll, you'll, you'll save up in heaven. And I believe that's so important for us as believers to have that heart. One of the biggest things that brought me to Christ were Christians that loved me, even though I wasn't lovable. I think about my nieces and my nephew. When I was in the world, they just, they continually just smothered me with the love of Christ. And I was terrible. I was robbed, but they just loved me. And other Christians in my life just love and love and love, expecting nothing in return. Oh, can I help you here? Can I do this for you? Can I, can I help you that? Can I, and it was like, you know, it's it just a love for no other reason, just to love me. And I'll tell you, that was one of the biggest things that brought me to Jesus Christ, was the love of Christ shown through those that love Jesus. For, and they did it for no other, no motive, not wanting to get anything out of me. They just wanted to love me. Turn with me, turn back a little bit, if you can, with me, please, to Luke chapter 6. Remember when Jesus was talking to his disciples in Luke 6, verse 32. This is a killer right here. If this doesn't get you, you better check your spiritual pulse. Verse 32, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive much back. Verse 35, but love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And check this out. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. This is what we're called to do as Christians. To me, this is impossible without the Holy Spirit working in me. To do good to those that uh, are evil, to help those that are, are, are mean and rotten. and it's, it's impossible without the Holy Spirit working in me. But that's what we're called to do. That's what God has called us to do. My wife, when she told me right after she got saved, she shared with her dad and her brother that still aren't saved. And she said that she was like fire and brimstone. The Bible says you're going to hell if you don't do this. The Bible says that you're, you're sinners. The Bible says that you're, you know, you're going to rot for all eternity. You know, she just like was blasting. I love you guys, but you guys got to repent and all this. And she just blasted them. And it didn't take her long to figure out that wasn't working. <laughs> and she just kept loving her dad, loving her brother. And most of you know the story. Before her dad passed away, he received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Amen. 82 years old? 82 years old. 
And most of you know the story about my dad. When I got the phone call that he's in Michigan and he's, his whole body was filled with cancer and they gave him weeks to live and I'm just in shock, like really? And my brother said, you gotta fly out here to Michigan. He he's only has, the doctor says, weeks to live. It's so funny, my brother, my, my brother's a crack up. He says, I can only bring him so far. You know, we're talking about heaven and all. He says, I got him like right to the goal, right there at the goal. He says, I need you to carry him in. <laughs> Can you close the deal? Bring, come on out. <laughs> Got him on the border of heaven right now. Just. And you know this story. God says, you love him, I'll save him. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.